This week's episode of I've Got Nothing is brought to you by tomatoes. Let me tell you about tomatoes. If you put them in the oven and you turn that oven on real hot, eventually the tomato will burst and its red bubbly juices will spray out in all directions. Tomatoes! They're the fruit that's most like the human head. What is this podcast called again? I've Got Nothing. Who the fuck came up with that? My Welcome to I've Got Nothing, the most unnecessary format for a podcast since Lost was on the air. I'm Colin. I'm Alex. And this week we are discussing Game of Thrones, Season 4, Episode 8, The Mountain mm. and the Viper. This episode originally aired on June 1st, 2014. It was written by show creators David Benioff and D.B. Weiss and directed by Alex Graves. Fun fact, there was a two-week gap between this episode and the previous episode due to Memorial Day 2014, which... I'll, I'll have to look into because I don't know if the show did that in other years because up until um, you started watching with season seven, it generally ran from late March to late June, kind of over three months. So I'm curious to see how that works out. But that being said, let's talk about this episode. Yeah, let's do it. Um, a lot happened this episode. You know, watching this one, I was kind of realizing with like the greatness of last, uh, the last episode, and then this one, and then the two episodes that round out season four. Like, Game of Thrones had a pretty solid four episode run in twenty fourteen. To wrap no, it up. I, I was just thinking um, before the final scene. Yeah. Although I love the final scene of just like, I've been really like enjoying this season. I think a lot of times, especially with the format and how we're watching it, I was kind of running into previous seasons like, oh yeah, like I know what's happening. Like we're getting through this. Um, this is kind of the first season where like I am legitimately watching it. And like, I think I'm so far away to like what has happened previously. And there's still enough to happen that like it is, it is much more enjoyable experience for me. We're in a, for any, you know, it's not to say that seasons five, six, and seven are less good than seasons one through four, but we're definitely in the phase now where, whereas everything from season five on is what's going to happen because those are the seasons where we've passed the books. Seasons one through four are, we know what's going to happen. How are they going to do it? And I think that a lot of the goodwill toward the show and a lot of the massive fan base comes from these guys knowing exactly how to adapt, exactly how to show you, exactly what you know is going to happen if you've read the books, and yet still in a way that makes for entertaining and surprising television. Hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree to that. Like, I've been fully engaged. Mm -hmm. um, past, yeah, past than, like, pre than previous seasons. Um so, like, I, I actually, I would say this is one of my favorite seasons so far. Um, for reasons I don't know yet, uh, but I'm sure I'll keep digging. I feel like you should come over for, and we should do the last two episodes of the season back to back, because the next episode is a really, really special one, and it would be fun to watch together like we used to. Yeah, we should do that. You Long should. distance is hard. It's um, it's useful for our current situation, but I feel I honestly I feel like we should get together and just knock out like four episodes in a day so that we can have something resembling a consistent uh, air schedule. But that's just me. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, here's what I'll tell you, you before we dive in. Here's what I'll tell you about the next episode. It was actually. Uh, in theaters in the summer of 2014. HBO, what? It was, yeah, it ran for a week in IMAX theaters. They ran, 
the last two episodes what? of the season back to back. So, and and season four is the only time they did that, I believe. What? That's crazy. I did not know that. That's, I mean, obviously, but like, wow. It was part of. I mean, it was it was a it was part of a partnership between uh, HBO and IMAX, and B a, around that time, this president of HBO was flirting with this idea of uh, ending the show with a movie. Um, yeah. Like instead of you know doing kind of what they're doing with like a six episode shortened but epic final season, investing in a full on feature film that would go in a wide release in theaters in the sense of like, Hey, we can put more money in that because it's a different distribution model. But they ultimately decided against that because they felt like, well, if you pay for HBO, you should be able to get the entire package of the show. It's not fair to the customer to make you pay for HBO to watch the show, but then say, Hey, if you want to see how this ends, you need to go to a movie theater and pay more money to go see that. Um, which respect, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And um, with this Deadwood I, movie being announced, you know, it's not like that's a to- what they were originally thinking was totally outside the realm of possibility. So, yeah, agreed. That's interesting because, um, like, I don't think I don't think Game of Thrones fans would see it as such. Um, I think they'd just be like, "Yeah, finally." But I do see that perspective. I respect that they took that route. I mean, I'm always um, curious to see how TV audiences and movie audiences overlap like uh this week that we're recording this the teen titans go movie is in the theaters and i that is probably the biggest cartoon on the air right now for kids and yet the movie kind of struggled you know yeah which is interesting i actually really want to see it um because of how how, like good buzz it's been getting we should should go see it I i have two more free weeks before i start my new job Ooh, we can talk more about that after. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right, let's. Uh, yeah, let's jump in. So, as is often the case, do you want to talk about the big thing, or do you want to start from the beginning and work your way toward? I'm it? still processing the big thing. Yeah. So, and, and I kind of just want to. I do feel like a lot has happened um, in terms of just setup, so I kind of want to tackle that. Yeah. Um, and I think next week we'll probably hit. I have a feeling since it's been ultimate, we'll probably hit the like big things first. Well, um, ne- next week is just one big thing. Exactly. Point in case. Uh, case in point. Um, so we see Gilly uh, get ran. Gilly, she was at Molestown. That sounds ugly. Yeah. Um, Molestown, uh, if you don't know, is the nearest settlement south of the wall. And it's the place where the brothers of the Night Watch go to uh, fuck whores. Oh, because I was even, even though about you know that. to be a, on the Night's Watch is to take a vow of celibacy, there's kind of like a well, you know, there's what we say we are and what we actually are. And most of the people on the Night's Watch are rapists and murderers and criminals. And if we didn't let them go to Molestown to Not- have consensual sex with whores that they pay, then they would just all start raping each other and no one wants that because there's you know like a hundred of them and there's a siege coming uh, that was i had there, when you said this, you can cut this part but when you were when i was when you said like you know there's what they say they're they are and then what they really are and then i was gonna say like, like ice and then you kept going and it still kind of works but anyway um, 
so yeah, we see, uh, totally right. Uh, I'm going to add in filler. Um, yeah, we see that, that Gilly gets spared because she has a baby, but Mance Raider invades Mole Town. Mole's Town, good for him. Um, I, I, then, I love that kind of, you know, that's a very Game of Thronesy uh, moment where it's like, okay, so Ygritte is with the wildlings and they're slaughtering innocent people in this village, but she discovers Gilly with the kid and warns her to stay quiet, like sparing her life. <laughs> and it's kind of like, so does that absolve Egret of, because she's murdering all these other people, you know? We saw her kill five people right before that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's that it's it's that weird thing of where like the evil henchman is like kind of um like kind of shows mercy in like one specific case, but like yeah, that's only after you've seen him slaughter a bunch of dudes because the you need to establish that he's a bad guy. Anyway, <laughs> he's a meanie head. Anyway, uh, but with a heart. With a heart. Um, oh, nice touch, by the way, at the end uh, when, what's her name, Egret, um walks out like she leaves. There's just blood dripping from the wall. And they kind of left it on that shot for a little bit. And I was like, that's gross. Um, to remind you that there still is slaughtering around. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, so Molestown is uh, up for grabs. But we don't know what's going to happen to Gilly. Well, we know they get reunited. Um, yeah, Gil- Gilly's alive. She's gonna be okay. She's gonna be fine. Uh, cool. Um, so we then go to uh, bath time, um, or lake bath time, and we get this weird, creepy stare um, to Messandre. Yeah. Hey, I'm never sure. I I, I, um, I don't think I don't gr- think there's an R in her name. I think it's just Masande. Missande? Oh. I'm probably... Yeah, yeah, I think I wrote Missande. or Missandai? Missande or Missandai. Cool. Um, so, yeah, he does a creepy stare about her being... Um, creep. Both of them being naked. Yeah, it was creep. It was too long. It was, like... like it was aggressive. Um, but she then talks to Danny about it, and... Question, what has uh, Masande done to be so close to Danny? Like, I haven't seen that. Um, a lot of times it's just been, like, them having girl talk. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen them talk, like, tactically or, or like, strategically. I've really just seen them talk about, like, personal stuff. And I don't know if that's intentional. or And so I'm kind of curious about, like, what has she done in the past to like prove her worth to Danny? Because Danny seems to be a very much prove your worth type I of person. I guess you'll have to. And I just don't feel like I've seen to that. Find out. I'm excited because yeah, they're like, well, was he staring at you? They talk about pillars and balls. Um, yeah. And she seems super uninterested in the whole experience. Like she seemed really creeped out, but then she, when she talk talks to Grey Worm about it, she's like, I'm glad you did that. It was all around awkward, and I get it's a long con for them to hook up in season seven. I Um, I think it's important because I was trying to think, and I'm like, Grey Worm and Masande's romance 
I think is the only romance or like significant relationship even between two characters that are not royals. Like every, you yeah. know, it, that I've seen, I think a lot of the investment in their storyline is that, you know, they're probably the closest we get to like the experience of the servants or the common people, because just about every other like romantic relationship or significant relationship at all, at least one side of that is from someone that's from a royal house or a lord or a lord from yeah, royal some, blood. or a lord or something like that. Yep. Interesting. Never thought about that. Yeah, I, I can't think of anything. Um, and, yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. But yeah, they set it up so they can then bone later. Um, yeah. Good for them. Uh, we then go over to Bolton and Reek. Oh, gosh. Your face. I, I, uh, you know, we there's like a segment of this episode that's just not a fan. Um, so they go to Ma- Ma- uh, Moat Kalen. Um, they said it twice, and I made sure to write it down. Oh, proud of, proud uh, of you. That's new. I know. I'm making it based. Well, I wrote Moat Caitlin at first. I was like, I don't think that was right. <laughs> Coming this summer I was like, to I don't think Coachella. they're one of the Kardashians. Headline, headlining Moat with Kate. Arcade Fire, it's Moat Caitlin. Fun side bit about that. Uh, there was a there was an artist at uh, Coachella this year called Cherry Cherry Glazer, and there's an NPR host called Sherry Glazer, um, and they totally took her name from that. And like, I thought it was amazing. Uh, that's all about that. Fun band names. Anyway, um, you should listen to them. They're not bad. Uh, yeah, we see we see Reek go and talk his way. To um, the Ironborns, um, and yeah, just talk them out. I this is kind of later in the episode, but I was kind of curious of, and this kind of brings it to mind of why. Are um, sorry, I'm kind of mum- rambling here, but Bruce says he goes. Most His of the Ironborn have Bruce. left the North. <laughs> Oh, what is it? I yes, can't you remember. Can. You've said it. We've talked about it. Oh my gosh. I do not remember off the top. Ty- no. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. It's not Bruce. No, it's not. His name is not Bruce Bolton. He's not a superhero. <laughs> that sounds like a good name, though. <laughs> okay, I Googled it. Uh, Roos Bolton? Sure. Let's see. Anyway. Anyway, he makes a statement that all of the, uh, most of the Ironborn have left the North already. And what we saw in that scene was Ironborn trying to maintain Moat, uh, Kaelin. I'm going to call it Moat Kaelin now, actually. Why were they? It's good, right? I'm liking my made-up names. Um, why, why were they there to begin with? Were they trying to take over the North? Yeah, they were taking over the North. They were getting, well, it was Ironborn, right? And where are the Ironborn from? Yeah. Um, the island of, uh, rocks. Yeah, close enough, sure. (laughs) And what did, what did Theon, Theon, because Theon gave a reason why he was there to parlay with them. What was it? 
Well, um, so they captured yeah. him, um, and they said if you, and he goes, if if you give up your space, we will give you safe pack passage so the, back home. So the implication here is, um, is that Bruce or Ruse is taking Bath from the whom? north, um, from the and why were the Ironborn there I guess, in the first place? To try to take yeah. the north, um, but and for who any runs reason, the north? Who or who used to run the north? Uh, the Greyjoys. No. Right. Oh God. Oh, the North. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, the and Starks. And where are the Starks? Okay. Dead. You're piecing together the, the puzzle a little bit. The plot of season yeah. three? Uh, so, <laughs> so Theon says that he'll give him safe passage, and then naturally yeah. Ramsay flays them. Because, like, what the fuck? I, so, just because, like, their sigil is the flayed man, like, they have to do that to people to represent? That's the dumbest... Fucking yeah. thing. And I'm only complaining because I have the privilege to complain. It's actually awesome. Like, it's a great way to establish a villain. I'm so on board with it. But if you think about it, it's like... you Think about the sigils of Westeros. You have wolves and lions yeah. and dragons and crack... All this beautiful yeah, mythology. Actual <laughs> giant animals that don't live in Westeros or mythological creatures that don't actually exist. And then you have the flayed men, and they're just like, yeah, no, any like we just we peel the skin off of anyone any chance we get. That's how we roll. What Anytime. The fuck? Anyway. What the fuck? Uh, that's so true. That's so true. That's their memo. Yeah, it did kind of feel when I saw their flag the first time. It kind of felt like, oh, guess we ran out like, of things. At, at, at no ran point out of animals. King of Westeros be like, hey, Boltons, uh, you guys, it, it, like, they're the Washington Redskins of Game of Thrones. Like, someone at some point said, <laughs> said, hey, your mascot is offensive, and the things you do to promote it are wrong, <laughs> and you need to change, because we live in the modern yeah. era, and that's fucking stupid. <laughs> Pick, like, a fucking... Get that's a really dumb. or something, Boltons. Like, something that's just, like... There's so many other animals. abstract, you know, or n- intangible. Not, like, an... Not, Dog. Not I don't an even act give of sh- violence that you commit against another human being. <laughs> yeah, our our mascot is... A, <laughs> is oh, my God. Skinny. I can't wait to talk about the Boltons more next season. But, God. Oh, my God. Like, what the fuck? They are very... And, and, and Ramsey even rubs in it. He's like, hey, man, it's tradition. Like, that's what... You know, like... You know, uh, you yeah. know fuck the Redskins things. Like, the Boltons are the Confederate flag of Game of Thrones, where they're trying they to are. act... Yeah, it's, it's even the X. not history. They're like, oh, we don't do it because it's hateful. We do it because we're honoring our heritage. Like, nah, our that's still hateful. happens shit. to be the hateful act of peeling the skin off another person, but you know what? That's not our fault. We didn't ask to be born in the South. That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah, about I states, think I right? Some other emotions pulled into this whole uh, ordeal, but whatever. Um, I would, I know, I would 100% read a, uh, I would 100% read like a think piece of like, the Boltons are like the current state of the South. I can't. Uh, there's uh, good, like, there's good stuff about the Boltons that we can talk about next season that we can't really get into now because I'm I'm, I'm on board right. with it because they're they're very indicative uh, of kind of like what the show is about, especially at this point. 
Um, okay, so they peel the skin off that dude, and then Ramsey has a little heart-to-heart with Aroos, and what happens there? Uh, yeah, he becomes his son, which I don't think Mr. Daddy Bolton real thought that well, through in hindsight. He, cl- he needed uh, a son, because he didn't have one. And yeah. he's now, you know, he owns, he's the warden of the North, so he controls the North. And as he says in the scene, the North is bigger than all the other six kingdoms in the seven yep. kingdoms combined. So he's like officially now one of the most powerful people in Westeros. I just, because this scene was hilarious because this was the first time that it was introduced, the possibility that uh, a ruling from the king could make a bastard be naturalized and considered a trueborn son. Yeah. Which Interesting. like does Jon Snow know about this? <laughs> right? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he should have that a while Jon ago. Snow's dad, or you know, the dad that he thought was his dad, Ned Stark, was best friends with Robert Baratheon, the king, for like sixteen years. <laughs> You think, you think at some at point, point you'd be like, hey, man, one... you know how you've been ostracized your whole life because people think that you're a bastard and not like my real son? I could fix that with a letter to my best friend. I just have chosen not to. I would love a flashback in like in season eight where they're just like, that addresses this specifically and then just be like, yeah, I don't love John that much, I mean, as much. That's how we all feel, so... That's how Sansa... Like, no, I, I, I still think season eight, John's going to come back and Sansa's just going to be like, no, you're done. We're done with you. <laughs> you're not a Stark, dude. Peace, bitch. Uh, yeah. So, but I, I... Yeah, I mean, I see why it plays out, for, like, why he wants to have a son, but if he would have waited a little bit longer, he might have been alive. Because uh, Ramsay only becomes... Rams like he only becomes Warden of the North yeah, because like he kills Bolton, his dad. If Ruse Bolton his hadn't fake done dad. that, Ramsey wouldn't have been able to kill him because he would have. Yeah, wasn't like a true born. Exactly, like it, it, a little more force. Like I feel like he was a little too. Like I get that. Like he was basically his his son, but like I w- I would have held my feet Hold back if you made cars, a man. You know? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. Just like, you showed your whole deck too early. Um, anyway, we then, I, let's see. Oh, um, okay, so we talked about all that. We talked about the scene. Sorry, just looking over my notes. Oh, we then jumped to, ugh. Um, that's all I'm referring to Littlefinger as now. Um, and Sansa. Um, before I jump into this, I do want to mention our sponsor this week. You have a sponsor. Um, it's, yeah, it's, uh, so we, I was able to get connected with perjury. So about three months ago, I found myself in this really tricky predicament. Um, I was at, I was at the courthouse and I was testifying against someone that I kind of liked. I knew them. They were a work friend. Um, and they had... They done some really, really shady stuff, just real shady stuff. But you know, I didn't want to like. I knew them, and I didn't know anybody else there, so I decided to lie um, in court um, under the law. I decided to lie to everyone, and because of my testimony, that person got off 
scot-free. We're still buddies. Uh, we go to Did Starbucks every Tuesday. Um, <laughs> oh, um, you know, you got it. You know, it, I don't pay the bills. Um, these sponsors pay the bills, and if the sponsors come, we have to sponsor them. Um, that's just how it works. So, yeah, perjury. Um, give it a shot. Uh, please feel free to let us know how it goes. Um, and, yeah, I wish you the best. So with that, I want to jump over to what Sansa said. Um, gosh, there's so many chances for Littlefinger to have died. In this show, and it makes me so mad that it took so long. Yeah, but you you need people you love. To That's hate. it. Yeah, and I do. She she committed perjury. Yeah. <laughs> she lied. That's like the first but time she, I think we well, saw Sansa yeah, lie. This was, oh god, this is such a great scene for Sansa because like, and and you don't know this yet, but she's literally, she's literally using the same mannerisms and attitude that she's used throughout this entire show this far. It just, in this scene for the first time, she has control over it. Like she's using it to control a narrative versus using it reactively trying to defend herself and be innocent. And it's so good. And it makes season five all the more frustrating because she ends this episode and you kind of feel like, Oh, Sansa's entered the game. And then she spends all of season five just kind of doing whatever Littlefinger says, even when that puts her in Ramsay's clutches, you know? True. Yeah, she was... I was kind of like, when she started confessing, like, it's like, oh, she's, like, actually going to do it. But the, the way she looks at the end of the season, the way she looks at Littlefinger, it was like, it, it, it was, was, I'm yeah, the captain now. Was like, this, it was that I look. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not privy to the writing process of the show, but it felt to me like they knew where they wanted to take Sansa and then ended the season and realized they needed to kind of hold that off for a little while, so they kind of reverted her in season five. Because, like, season six Sansa, this is totally, yeah. you know, on brand. It's just that season five Sansa is still very oh, much 100%. like that. Yeah, I'll do what you say. Yeah, listen. Oh, you're bad to me, but I don't have anything. T- I I can't do anything about it. it, which is a bummer because like this was an evolution for a yeah. character, and then it it was kind of a step back. Well, and, and even um, I even I'm gonna skip over a few parts here, but when she's walking down like the steps in like yeah. that throne room, um, with like that like feathered um like chess piece on, like you're like oh, her, this is like. Yeah. Like, she's like, this dyed her is hair black, up. and then yeah. in season five, at the start, it's back to red. Oh, I didn't notice that it was even black. I noticed yeah. it's, like, the look. Like, she was ready to step out. Like, that was clearly them saying, like, this is a new character. Like, she made a yeah, transition. Yeah, and then it's kind of like um, she didn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, like, I was so ready to, like, when Sansa stepped out, it's like, oh, this is, like... This is new her, only to know that what happens later is still, like, earlier version of her. Um, which I guess is kind of let down, but, like, I was, so, like, I'm very much ready for, like, this, like, much more moody. Like, I, I, I almost wish she was a little bit more, like, aggressive in the last season, and then, like, figured out how to, given what happened, like, obviously changed things, but, like, was still trying to figure out her power, like, 
how to like be manipulative and then realize like that's shitty. I don't know. I'm just trying to now do fantasies, but I think like she kind of did do a jump from like serious to kidding to serious. And I wish there was a little bit more change there, but yeah. I digress. She's still one of the best characters on the show. Mm. Oh, hands down. Um, Oh, I, so we see, we then go to R and the Beast and, um, the Hound, I was curious, I wanted your opinion, the Hound, sorry, um, did you think Ari and Sansa were about to meet? Uh, you know, I don't remember because, so, um, or, well, here's, here's the thing, the book, um, I don't remember much of this season because this was the summer I was abroad, so, like, I came back and just, like, kind of blew through season four in one sitting and wasn't really paying that much attention so you know yeah probably because that's what they're trying to set up here i do love how like the dude just tells the hound she's dead and then i'm curious to see where they're i can't remember where they are in the next episode but the assumption i from where they end up is that they just turned around and left and it's like i mean she's Arya still had a cousin who was alive like yeah, and, and all those soldiers, I'm like, I mean, they're they're basically what what they were seeing was the equivalent of like Paul Manafort showing up with Malia Obama at a military base, saying like, "Hey, I I have Malia Obama, I'm willing to trade her," and then they're like, "Oh, Barack Obama yeah. passed away. Sorry, we have nothing else to do here." It's like, no, no, that's still really <laughs> suspicious. You should not let him go. <laughs> Like when you the should have calls more her his traveling companion, like she's a third his size, and they're on, they're as far as those guys know, the Hound is still with the Lannisters. Like she is a hostage, and presumably yeah. they do nothing <laughs> about it. Like they 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 in no way step in to say like, hey, that prepubescent girl that you're traveling with, uh, this is not the best situation for her, and we're gonna rescue her from you. <laughs> We just need to ask some questions. Like, just that come inside. Let's ask some questions. Great, <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. Oh, I died. I died. Love that bit. Um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm curious to see where they end up next, or I guess in episode ten. Um. But yeah, like, and again, there's still a lot that even when I think back to the next season, like that is about to play out in these two episodes, which is like fantastic. Um. Cool. Uh, Do you want to jump into the big scene now? I don't think so. Daenerys. Um, Daenerys. You forgot about Daenerys. What I forget about? Yeah, oh, man, oh I forgot about that scene. You've been scene. waiting for shoot. this one forever because you were curious. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so he gets pardoned. Oh, oh my God. Who, that was such a get. By? Oh. 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 Who's the hand logo? And, and I thought specifically it was House Baratheon. Okay. And oh, why I was just he wrote pardoned? House Baratheon. Because oh, no. he was spying. Yeah. Um, oh, a line from this that I wrote down was, um, don't ever presume to touch me again. Not don't ever touch me again. Don't ever it's presume that you can. Which is just like... Amazing. Like, don't even think that you can do that. Um, cool, yeah. So, don't... Yeah, he loses all trust in her. Um, I Lord Baristan, I guess is his mm -hmm. name. Um, 
he comes through and I mean, I appreciate that he tells him man to man, but uh, what he says, what does he say? He was like, you will never speak to her yeah, in private again or something. Yeah, he's not going to let that dude alone with her. Uh, yeah, like, it, it, he he does the thing where he's like, I don't, like, I know you, but, like, this changes everything about you. I'm not going to give you a chance to explain it to me before anyone else, um, but I'm just going to let you know what's about to happen. You're going to get yeah. fucked. And he does. He, mm, guess what you get for spying? Oh, I learned that, uh... Danny was prego. Um, that's okay. This is, there's gonna be some sad episodes. Oh, all right. It's gonna be a lot more sad episodes. Cool, but yeah. So she ships him off um, with good reason. Honestly, like I still want to trust him. I guess he does prove his worth in the end, but yeah, kind of a shitty thing to do. But I guess Andre. true love changes everything. Well, one-sided true love. One-sided true love. Mm. One, one-sided love. That's so sad. Sir Jorah, he says, I loved you. And she's like, bitch, did you ever say what? Excuse me? Um, so, yeah. She then sends him off to the abyss. She sends Sir Jorah off and, to the abyss because he was a spy. Mm-hmm. And we don't see him for a little bit. Mm, until he tries to redeem himself. And he does. Until that happens. And he... Good for him. Cool. Oh, so before we get into the big smashy smash, um, we get a beetle metaphor. I haven't thought too much about this at all. It's a long scene Um, for something that does not take place in the books in the remotest sense. Okay, I was... Like, it goes on for a while, and, like, I kind of tuned out. I was, like, looking at my phone, so Mm. maybe I didn't get the entire bit of it. Um, cause it went on very long and he, basically the sum is like, why does our cousin keep smashing these beetles? Uh, according to the show notes, uh, it is a reference to here. I'm pulling it up. Uh, uh, it is a reference to a Stanley Kubrick film paths of glory. Uh, here's the quote in which a condemned man sees a cockroach and laments tomorrow morning. I'll be dead. And that cockroach will be alive. It'll have more contact with my wife and child than I will. I'll be nothing. And, and it'll be alive. And I guess that from a writing perspective, it was Tyrion trying to come to grips with the senseless cruelty to which he himself had been subjected. And I, and it also, I think it shows something about the character because you know, I, you might not be paying attention enough to notice that Tyrion didn't really have the best childhood growing up among the Lannisters, but the way he talks about the cousin in this one is like, it clearly was important for Tyrion to find someone in his life growing up whom he could consider to be less than himself, because growing up a dwarf as he was, that was hard to come by. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, I was really curious about it. So that's interesting. That's what it says um, in the show notes. The take writers time, did not explicitly say they were referencing no. the films. They just mentioned it as a visual reference for certain war scenes, which implies that they've seen it. And, you know, art imitates art and homage is important and no ideas are original. Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah, cool. You want to talk about death? death let's, uh, let's get into it. So at, awesome. at, at what yeah, point did yeah. you figure out what was going to happen? Oh, uh, right. Well, like 
right when he got his first good jabs. Like when once he started getting like uh mm-hmm. once the Viper started getting a few good jabs mm-hmm. in, I'm like, oh, it's over for him. Like this is not gonna end the way it's he thinks it I does. Mean, um once he had like said it in the last episode where he's like, Look, I can dance around him and be faster and wear him down, but if he gets one good hit on me, I'm dead. And this is literally what happened. Literally one good hit. Like, I just knew. Uh, you you knew. I mean, that, that's because like it was. It's a played out. It's played out. But like once he like kept trying to say like, say what you did. Say what you did. Like you're like oh it's oh like you're you're just kind of waiting down the ticking timer just to be like oh like I didn't know how it was going to happen. I didn't After realize he, he was gonna smush out. his head in. Yeah, didn't realize that was going to happen, but damn. That might be the best example of just, like, you think you know what's coming because you've read the book, and then you see it visually. Yeah. And you're like, I wasn't ready for that. No, I was I, – I mean, I like I said, I texted you, text you right after and be like, I'm going to need a minute. Yeah. I'm going to just need a minute to process I just saw a man's head get smushed in. I am um, – I mean, you know, I guess it, it doesn't really need explaining, but I'm curious about, like, the actual legality of it because, like, everyone saw the mountain get stabbed through the chest by a spear. So it's like even I want to talk about this. They were quick to, de- to declare Oberyn's dead, Tyrion is condemned, but it's like, well, really, it's kind of a stalemate because they're both dead. That's what I was. That that was what I wanted to talk about most. Actually, is like, is yeah, everything was graphic, but like, it's it's a moot point. Like, y'all called the game too early. I guess it's like, literal because like Oberyn is definitely dead, and the mountain is clearly still alive, but critically wounded and on the verge of death. Oh, I mean, doesn't your heart still beat a little bit even if your head gets smushed? I don't. I don't think they think that way. Man. Oberyn was such a cool character. Yeah, I loved him. But his death was such a example of what this show is, where it's like in another kind of fantasy story, like, yeah, he wins because he's like the charming roguish yeah. type who outsmarts the big brute. But in this one, it's like he got cocky. And in this show, in this world, unless you're Jon Snow, if you get cocky, you die. Then reality will kick in and you will die. Don't get cocky while fighting a man who's nearly eight feet tall. Yeah, Kill him. Just knock him out. And I get you wanting him to realize his crimes, but like you, you, you were overpowered. Like you were all always overmatched. Like pl- he thought he'd won. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he was kind of, he was an arrogant prick and that's why we loved him. But in the end it got him killed. Got played. Got played. Now I have to know how Tyrion gets out of this. Um, I know, uh, and that's the cool thing is like there's a, still a lot of un, like unanswered questions on my end. Um, exactly. Even before like the next no, season. Like, uh, yeah. So uh, upon our upon our rewatch, this, this last third of season four is as strong as the show's ever been, in my opinion. Yeah, like not a lot is drawn out. Like I think or I. A lot of things are happening and like changes and like I don't know I I very much I feel very fulfilled watching this past that season. Yeah, um, it's good television, man. Quality, quality television, which is good because I think we did a lot of shitting on them in season five. I think, um, so it's good to balance out with recognition because I think there was a lot. Of- yeah, I, I 
I feel bad because I, I I feel like I feel like with the last season we were just discussing it in a way that you and I kind of tend to get a bit critical to the point where it seems like we're shitting on it. Like I still love season five. I love the show. Yeah. Well, I but we I, gotta I talk I, about it. Yeah, and I, and I think in comparison to like what we know, like hindsight's twenty twenty, um, and like the way th- the way they built it out, like it just I don't think it was like conductive to how we were watching it. Conducive, sorry, not conductive. Um, whereas, and I think this like season four is like I, I I guess I would say it's it's better it's easier to rewatch or um, or I guess I guess it's better for our format. Um, just because it's so far away and a lot of things are constantly change. Exactly. Cool. All right. I, yeah. Uh, what's the next episode called? Next episode is called the watchers on the wall. I guess I can guess what that's about. Yeah. You might, you might have a bit of a, a, a bit of an inkling. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that. They set it up with one five minute scene. Uh, this episode but i'm excited all right well feel free to follow us on twitter at i've got nada uh our website just renewed uh so it's i've got nothing.com and follow us wherever you'd like your podcast except for spotify um 